This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as past teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. We're glad you're here. We're glad you joined us for this Sunday church or whenever you're watching this. Uh, if you're watching it live, you are our favorite people because we do love seeing you in the chat. And um, there is something fantastic about connecting and seeing faces that we know and we don't know. And... Um, We love that so much. We are in a series right now called How to Pray. And we wanted to start this year uh, talking about prayer. And uh, said this earlier today, um, that preparation is hope in action. Preparation is hope in action. When you prepare anything, what you're saying is, I know something else is coming and I want to be ready. Come on, every teenager, every, every, every person that's doing push-ups right now, including myself, it is in preparation, believing that there will be beach days in our future. And uh, preparation is hope in action. And when we learn how to pray, we're growing our spirits, is that we know there's going to be a need to have some strong spirits, some strong connection with our Father. And when you're saying, hey, I'm one of these people, I want to learn how to pray, I want to get better at praying, I want to start praying, It's hope in action, knowing that by preparing now to grow your spirit, to grow your faith, to grow your prayers, is that you know there's going to be a demand on them. And uh, people need a church that's praying. People need people that don't understand just services in person or online, but they know Jesus. They know Jesus. And if you know Jesus, um, we can make a difference. And we're not here to take up space. We are here to make a difference. And nothing fuels the tank, nothing motivates, nothing fuels us like making a difference. And I'm thankful for the world changers watching today. We're glad you are here. We're in a series of how to pray. And the goal is, we said last week, the goal last week is if you're not praying, to simply start praying. Just start. And if you are praying, to get better at praying. And I I just love uh, a church that is growing. And as I said earlier, this is the strongest sign-up we've ever seen for 21 days of prayer. And that is so encouraging to this pastor that uh, people are engaging, saying, hey, I want to be part of these emails. I want to be praying each day. I want to I keep stretching myself as we start 2022. So thank you for that. Uh, how to pray. We are giving away a gift in the chat today. Uh, this book that i um, really leaning heavy on for this series. Um, So if you're in the chat talking at all, you are eligible and we'll message you privately and get your details and send you that by mail. Uh, But bonus points right now in the chat, if you can mention anything from last week's message, any point, any takeaway, any line, something that you just really helped you, um, bonus points. So those that are monitoring the chat, bonus points to any, put them to the top of the list if they can mention anything from last week's message. I had this thought this week as I've been thinking about prayer and I've been trying to grow my own prayer life is that prayer is the greatest demonstration of faith that we have. Just think about that statement for a minute. Prayer is the greatest demonstration of faith. Not attending church, not giving in an offering, not by... um, how educated you are, not by how much you do for the poor. Prayer is the greatest demonstration of faith. It is saying at your very core, I believe there is a God. 
And I believe he is interested and he's engaged and he's invested in my life. Prayer is also a great sign of humility. It's a great sign of humility. So many are wise in their own eyes, as the Bible says it. They are wise in their own eyes. So many people. I've I've never seen a season where so many people want to tell you what they think, but they don't want to hear what you have to say. And there's so many opinions. People just go online, in person, they just want to be like, this is what I know, this is what I believe, this is my side. And uh, they're quick to tell opinions and rarely ask questions. And it's so refreshing to be around someone that actually asks questions. So what do you think about? How are you? What do you think is going to happen here? Tell me about this. And prayer is a sign of humility. It's acknowledging our limits and it's acknowledging our source. And when we pray, what we're saying is, I don't have all the answers. I have limits on my knowledge, on my abilities, on my resources. I, I, I know where my source is. When we pray, we're humbling ourselves saying, I know there's a greater source, there's a greater uh, person, there's a greater help than I have on my own. When we pray, we are demonstrating our faith and our humility. And um, I just want to encourage you that as Christians, we have great hope and great faith and great humility that we know that there is someone greater than us. We're not building a name of ourselves or a church or an online brand. We are acknowledging Jesus Christ is our Savior, our Lord, our God. He helps us. He is with us, and we need Him. When we pray, we are humbling ourselves. Uh, and in a, in a season of so many people that are wise in their own eyes, with their own opinions, man, there's so many opinions. Uh, we have more questions, and prayer is a place for questions. Learning how to pray. Uh, I want to read the Lord's Prayer. It's really the theme of this series and we're unpacking it and I'm going to teach from it today a little bit. But Matthew chapter six, do you know the Lord's Prayer? We've been praying it at noon. Many of us have been praying it at noon. Just set a reminder on your phone. Every day at noon, it just comes up on my phone, pray the Lord's Prayer. And I'm so thankful that my mother uh, helped me learn this as as a child. She paid me, paid me a silver dollar. That's how old I am. Paid me a silver dollar to learn the Lord's Prayer. Can you even use a silver dollar these days? I don't even know. <laughs> I got a silver dollar for the Lord's Prayer, but I'm going to tell you this. I've prayed it many, many times. The Lord's Prayer. Uh, let's pray it. Let's read it. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day the food we need and forgive us of our sins. See the humility in that? God, forgive us for our sins. As we are forgiven those who sin against us and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Today, I want to pray for you as we continue the series, How to Pray. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, we thank you for your help. Today, we are a bunch of imperfect people coming to a perfect God saying, teach us how to connect with you. We want to grow today. So Father, bless those today that are watching. Uh, We have so much we're thankful for and we have so much more to learn. So Father, help us today. Bless those today. Those that need healing today. Those that need miracles today. God, you are good. Would you just move in our lives, show your power and your goodness. God, we want to connect with you. May we hear your voice. And God, we thank you that you're as close as the mention of your name. Our Father, we love you so much. 
bless those that are watching in Jesus' name. And everybody said, everybody said, amen. There's a question that screams at us through history. There was a great saint named Corrie ten Boom who was a Dutch writer and watchmaker, actually. And her family and herself were put into a concentration camp by the Nazis, and she survived that camp. And she has this quote leading on in her time of speaking and preaching before she died, uh, actually in California, much later in life. But she had this quote, and I think it's a great quote. She says this, Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? See, one directs your life and the other is a last resort. If prayer is your steering wheel, it actually directs your life. I don't know about you, but every time I'm in my vehicle, I use a steering wheel. The spare tire is for emergencies and I hope I never have to use it. And so many times in prayer, we treat it like a spare tire that if, if I get a diagnosis, if I get a bill, if I get a conflict, it's my last resort where true prayer, true relationship and connection and conversation is a steering wheel. And I say, God, help me see prayer more as a steering wheel to direct my days, direct my life, direct my relationships, my goals and my dreams and my pain and even my frustrations and not just a spare tire that I use in emergencies. Last week, we talked about finding a certain place. It was really an intro. We're going to get into how to pray today. Um, but it was uh, finding a certain place. We encourage you to find a certain place in prayer. We encourage you to, um, there's something about a thin place, a, a holy place, and God's everywhere all the time. But there are certain places, I believe it helps our focus, but when they are saturated in prayer, it becomes a place where it's easier to connect with God. We shared um, our places. Mine is my fire pit, which is not really, it's a, it's a thin place, but it's an icy place today. Uh, thank God for my warm car. Thank you for the, the chair in my bedroom that I pray in. But there are certain places. We need to find a certain places. And if you can't tell me where you pray, I probably would say that you don't pray. There's a certain place, certain times and certain places. And today I want to talk on this title about how we learn about how to pray is on this title, Pause. Pause. You'll see this on the, the slide, this uh, title slide we have, Pause. And we're going to use uh, an acronym for the next couple weeks on how to pray um, and yeah, like a typical Pentecostal preacher, it's going to fill each one of these acronyms, but how to pray, pause. The P in prayer is pause. Pray, P-R-A-Y. We're going to start with pausing. Psalm 46.10, let me read this to you. Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am and God, Mother Teresa, the saint uh, from Calcutta, said it this way. God speaks in the silence of our heart. Listening is the beginning of prayer. To start, we're talking about how to pray. To start, we have to stop. Doesn't that sound so backwards? To start, we have to stop. To move forward, we have to pause. As we unpack in these next four weeks how to pray, again, the goal is, if you're not praying to start, if you are praying to get better at praying, the first point, the really first key to an effective prayer life is stopping, is pausing. Jim Elliott, a great missionary, a real hero of mine, read a lot of his wife's material and about his life, the murdered missionary, said it this way, wherever you are, be fully there. Now, I've said that quote for years. I didn't know it was actually attributed to him. 
But that quote is more powerful than when he wrote it. Wherever you are, be fully there. I think one of the greatest enemies of contentment, I think one of the greatest enemies of enjoyment, and I think one of the greatest enemies of prayer is not being present. It's not being present. I think this is one of the greatest battles we have as a culture. I am guilty of this. It's one of my greatest battles is not being present. Wherever you are, be fully there. We sit in rooms with friends in person, but we text others and we look at posts of people that aren't even with us. We, are, we always say, we want, we want friends. We want to be in relationship. We need connection. And when we get around people in living rooms and in, in, in houses and at coffee shops, wherever we are, we text people that aren't with us and we look at stories and posts of people who are nowhere near us or we don't even know. It's so hard being fully there. We watch Come on, who's guilty of this? We watch and record fireworks as they happen, not enjoying them in the moment, just to post them for people that do not care and do not want to see them online. Did you know this yet? I will skip over every fireworks story I ever see. Why? Because fireworks don't look as good in line, online as they do in person. But how many times are we not fully there for a concert, for a moment, for a view, for fireworks, because we're so busy posting it that we don't get to enjoy it in the moment? How many times have we taken a picture, the perfect picture of our coffee or our meal, just to post, only to drink it and eat it cold later? Being fully present is such a challenge. How many of you right now are watching this on a screen, a TV, or a laptop, but you're also on your phone right now looking at other social media or texting? How many right now are not fully present in this moment? You have church happening, but you're on your phone. Gotcha. I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. Yeah, I see you too. Your head just looked up. Yeah, I got you too. We're guilty of that, aren't we? It's so hard being present. You aren't fully here right now in this service. I'm so guilty of this. FYI, just a little cheat code, a little help. Taking notes in services and commenting in the chat helps you stay fully there. Being present is very hard. In prayer, we have to stop before we start. The best way to start praying is to stop. As a youth pastor, when I, years ago when I was a youth pastor, young adult pastor, there was this one guy in our youth group, a young adult, who kept saying, Pastor Mike, can we go for coffee? Can we go for coffee? And, and uh, he wanted to keep going out and meet for coffee. Can we go? I just want to talk to you. I want to ask you some questions. I want to just hang out. I want to learn from you. And I just, want to, I just want to be a friend. I just want to have coffee. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we finally, after a long time, we connected for coffee. And I'll never forget sitting at this Starbucks in our city, not too far from where I'm sitting today. And this young man sat across from me. And for the first 10 minutes, he was on his phone. I got his coffee and I bought, because that's what a good pastor does. And I bought his coffee and I had my coffee and we're sitting there. And he was in his lap on his phone the whole time. And then he looked up at me, yeah, yeah. And just kind of on his phone. And after about 10 minutes, I finished my coffee and, and uh, I got up to leave and I said, hey, thanks for the coffee. Great connecting. I'll see you soon. He said, what, you're leaving? We're done? I never forget I had this moment. I said it was love, but I said it a little irritated. I said, I didn't clear my schedule and come all this way just to watch you text people who are not here. And that moment, the look in his face going like, okay, all right. I just had this moment. I said, if you want to connect with me, we'll go for coffee again. I didn't sit here for you to be on your phone with someone else. How many times in prayer am I that young man? I say, God, I need your time. I need your attention. But in the middle of 
trying to connect. I'm posting somewhere else. I'm looking at somewhere else. I'm reminded of something else. I'm scattered. I'm distracted. Being present is everything. I actually think it's probably the greatest battle that our culture is facing right now. Teenagers, like, I'm so thankful I didn't have to deal with the distractions at your age that you do. It's such a battle to overcome. I know at my own age, it's distractions. You've never had more information and more distractions at your fingertips. Being present is everything. Church, I want to encourage you as we get better at praying, stop talking at God and embrace the silence of being with God. Being fully present. Stop talking at God and be fully present and embrace the silence of being with God. You ever meet with someone who just talks at you? It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Me and my wife, we, we're, she's a morning person. I'm a night person. And in the nights, I'll start bringing up things. And she's like, I just, just like, just like, it's too late. It's too late to talk about Nova. It's too late to talk about to-dos. I got ideas about budgets. I got ideas about trips. I got ideas about church. She's like, just, Mike, I'm just going. And then in the morning, it's payback time. In the morning, she's like, we could change the curtain rods. And I saw this on, on Studio McGee. I'm not even sure what that is, but I saw this and that. And what about this? We could go here. And what about the kids? And I'm, really, and I'm just like, I just, I just need a moment. It's really early. It's 11 a.m. I just need a moment. Our kids, we have a rule in our house. Our kids, don't, 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 don't ask us questions after 10 p.m. because we will say yes to things we have no business saying yes to and we can't organize. And how many times in prayer do we think prayer is talking at God instead of embracing the pausing and the silence of being with God? To go deeper in prayer, we have to pause and be fully there. I can't stress this enough. Be fully there. A couple years ago, we're on vacation and I wasn't in, I wasn't in a great place. I wasn't morally in a bad place. I wasn't even spiritually in a bad place. I just felt, I just felt um, worn out. Maybe you're that person. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you are there. And I said to Nancy, we were going to Prince Edward Island. And I said, I, I need, and I like my phone. I like my phone. I'm on my phone. I, I, I use, it's healthy. And sometimes I'm on it way too much. And I said, I need to be fully, pro- I need this vacation really, really bad. And I remember I took my phone and I shut it off every day and I turn it on for 10 minutes in the evening, check a couple of things and shut it off. And I said, I need to be fully here. I don't, want to, I don't want to look at pictures of this vacation in a week. I want to look at it now. Being fully present is tough. We have to pause to be fully there. Jesus models this in the Lord's Prayer, in the opening lines of the Lord's Prayer. And before he launches and teaches us to launch into a list of stuff we need, of daily bread and provision, which speaks of what we need provision-wise, before he speaks about forgiveness of sin and we need, I am not a sinner, but I sin. I'm a sinning saint. And if you've accepted Jesus, you're not a sinner, you're a saint, but you're a sinning saint and we need forgiveness. Repentance is not a one-time event. It is a lifestyle of continually turning back to God and bringing yourself near and before he says us to ask our Father for provision of needs and food, and before we ask him for forgiveness of sins, and before we ask him to deliver us, uh, deliver us from evil and temptation, the first thing he says is to pause and to address God as our Father. 
Now, Jesus does everything intentional, and I think it's interesting that he starts, he's teaching them how to pray. This is going to be a template, not the only way to pray. It's not a, a secret sauce. It's not a formula that you have to pray, but it's a lesson of teaching, of understanding prayer, understanding connecting. And the very first thing he says is, before you get into trials and temptations and needs, pause and say, our Father. Prayer is more about who we are than what we need. Some of you who have grown up in church, you need to understand this today. Prayer is more about who we are than what we actually need. Again, if prayer is only what you need, it's a spare tire. I need to get this tire fixed. I need to get down this road. But if prayer is a steering wheel, it's more about who you are, speaking into the direction and flow of your life. Prayer is not transactional, but it's relational. It's a shift in your mind if you understand the difference. It'll change the perspective. It'll change the cadence, the speed. It'll change the spirit in which you connect with God when you realize prayer is not transactional. It's, not, it's relational. It's not about inserting the debit card going, do I get enough on my debit card? Have I spent enough time? Have I given enough money in church? Have I spent enough time online watching the chats? Do I have enough in the bank to get enough out of God? It's not transactional. It's relational. He starts with our Father. In fact, in the book of Psalms, the word that comes up that speaks to this as pausing is the word Selah. And, and you'll see it when you read the book of Psalms. There's at the end of chapters, and right in the middle of it, you'll see the word Selah. Now, people think sometimes it might have been for musicians playing those songs or for those reading those songs to understand timings and maybe rhythms, but they really don't know. The best guess that scholars say that word Selah is in Psalms, in Scripture, is to say, just pause and reflect on the words that were just sung. So after these amazing words of frustration and faith and joy and pain, pause on those words. Take a moment and think about what we just read, what we just said, what we just sung. I think it'd be good for us. Sometimes we hate silence. I know me, I struggle with silence, even in church. Where's the pads? Where's the background music? Where's the, where's the, the easy transitions? We find silence awkward. It's interesting that the author that, that in Scripture says to pause and reflect on what was just said. We've said this before, Christians don't tell lies, they sing them. Sometimes in worship songs, if we would actually think about what we were singing about our living hope, we sang it today, our living hope. Our hope is not in restrictions lifting or being put on. It's not on vaccines or masks. It's not on stock markets or investments. It's not on education or connections. If we honestly believe our living hope, if we would just think about what we're singing, there's something about pausing and reflecting. In Scripture, it says us to pause, to reflect. And pausing before you pray may sound simple, but it is so difficult, isn't it? Like, you ever try to sit in silence? It's hard. So many people need to have a fan on to go to sleep. They need to have music playing to go to sleep. They need to have some kind of noise, a sleep machine. They need to have... Why? Silence leaves us with our thoughts and possibly connecting with our God. If you're praying, when you start to pray, last week you found your certain place. I don't know if it's a car for you. Maybe it's a, a walk-in closet. Maybe it's a couch in your house. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's your desk at the office. Maybe it's a walk down your street. Maybe it's sitting on your back patio. Maybe, I don't know where it is for you, but you found your certain place. When we start to pray, um, at this point, 
if you're growing your prayer life, I want you to start your prayer time by putting your phone on airplane mode. It has an airplane mode, if you know this, but your phone can actually shut off. It's a brilliant feature it comes up with. And, and you can put your phone in airplane mode and put it out of reach. That's how we start our prayer times. And this week, that's what we're going to work on. We've hopefully found a certain place. Some of you have, are, are tracking with us and you want to grow in this. You found a certain place. And you can have three or four certain places. And these certain places, maybe it's in the car. Now it's shutting off the radio, putting your phone on airplane. It's all right. Someone, it's okay if they don't get a hold of you for 30 minutes or for five minutes. Does that sound difficult to you? Like, do you have a hard time right now putting your phone outside of reach on airplane mode that you're not getting notifications? If, you, if that sounds difficult to you, um, you have a pause problem. If I'm honest, I have a pause problem in many areas of my life, and that's something I need to grow in. If you have a pause problem, you'll have a prayer problem. If you have a pause problem, you'll have a prayer problem. Today, as we are helping you move down this acronym of prayer, pausing, Find a quiet place and remove distractions. I don't know about you. I got enough distractions in my head. I don't need them on my phone. Remove distractions to help you focus and become present. Now, once your phone's on airplane mode and your notifications are shut off and you've put somewhere where you're hopefully not going to be interrupted and you're just trying to get five minutes or 10 minutes of just pausing, ask yourself, do I have a problem pausing? If you do, you have a choice. Give into it or fight it. And I think we want to grow in this church. We want to grow in our being fully there. I don't want to live my life and say, oh, look at all the Instagram posters, uh, stories and memories I have. I want to be able to say, I look people in the eye and have relationship. I want to be able to say, I connected with God. I just didn't let someone else do it for me. As you limit distractions, you'll find this supercomputer that you can't shut off. It's called your brain. And it's the parade of distractions. I've said this before. I said it when hearing the voice of God. You get silent. You remove distractions. You'll think of everything you haven't done in that moment when things go quiet. You'll be reminded, I need to check my tire pressure. You know a bad tire pressure can affect your winter tires to get worn out more quickly? I need to check my tire. It's amazing what will come to you in silence. I, I need a Vitamix. If I had more smoothies in my life, I could lose those extra five pounds. It's amazing what will come to you in prayer. Am I just preaching to myself? I think I am today, but... Let me help you. This is something that helps me to find a quiet place, remove distractions. And then when you start to get distracted, I find saying a certain phrase or a prayer word to recenter me, to refocus me is helpful. Jesus here had them start with our father, our father. I feel like he was probably saying, you might need to say this a few times to, to calm yourself down and to focus yourself our Father. For me, you know what I say? If you've ever been around me in prayer, in our prayer room or in prayer person, if you've ever seen me pray, I'm always saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What I'm saying is I'm centering myself. I'm being fully there and I'm thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for my health. All of a sudden, my mind starts wanting to go to things I need to do, places I need to go, things I'd rather be doing. Thank you, Jesus, for my kids. Thank you for my marriage. Thank you for my health. Thank you for uh, mental health. Thank you for physical health. Thank you for our church. I start thanking, and when I say, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, I'm pushing away the crowd and the distractions, and I'm centering myself, trying to become fully there. Maybe it's our Father in heaven. Is, is it for you? Maybe it's, oh, Lord, I love you. Jesus, I need you. I'd encourage you to find a quiet place, remove distractions, and find a phrase or a word to help remind you who you are that it's more relational than transactional. When I say thank you, Jesus, 
I'm just, I'm humbling myself going, it's not thank you, Mike. <laughs> Amazing, Mike, that you've set aside this time to connect with a holy God. It's thank you, Jesus, for forgiveness. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this access. So say a word or a phrase. If you find distraction, what it does is it reminds you where you are and what you're supposed to be doing and what you've came to do. And when you say our father in heaven, our father, our father, when you want to get distracted, you want to check that phone, you want to send that note, all of a sudden you want to send that encouraging, even a good thing. It's like, no, 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 no. Why am I here? Focus my focus. No, no, our father. Right. I'm your son. You're my father. We're having a moment right now. We're meeting. Might not be at Starbucks, but I am fully here in this moment. When When distractions come and they will, Focus on repeating those words over and over to help get you fully there, to get you fully there. I can say from experience, this has helped me. Talking about pausing today, because if you have a pause problem, you'll have a prayer problem. Before you list your needs, praying for everybody on your list, and we're so thankful that you pray for those people. Before you pray for your needs, and God wants to meet your needs right where they are, we need to pause. There's no point rushing if we don't get this right to be fully there because it's about who you are, not what you need. So we're called human beings, not human doings. God wants us to be fully in that moment. Identity is everything. And in that moment, you're not a pastor, you're not a musician, you're not a business person, you're not an influencer, you're not a doctor, you're not a mother, you're not a father, you're, not a, you're a child of God. And in that moment, if you can focus yourself and be fully there, We need to pause before we can start. We need to stop before we move. We need to be present. This week, for those of you that are tracking with us going, I want to grow my prayer life. And we need a church that's praying. Church, listen to me. This is the season we're in. It's not going to be ended because of a government uh, news conference. The season we're in, it's not going to be ended. Our hope is not in something external. We have a God that wants to use us. Please don't miss this. There is opportunities in this moment. I was talking to Alex this week, or one of the people on our live stream, talking about opportunities. There are opportunities in the middle of opposition. In every problem, there's a chance for promotion. Read your Bible. Everybody that got promoted into serving their country, helping a nation, bringing people to God, to restoring people, it usually started in conflict. So much promotion happens in conflict. You want to get promoted to solve a problem. Well, church, here's the good news. There's a lot of problems right now, which tells me there's a lot of possibilities for promotion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we've got to pause. We've got to be fully there. We've got to practice pausing when we start to pray. This week, you found your certain place. I want to encourage you to start your prayer time, whether it be five minutes or longer. Start with pausing and being fully there, removing distractions, saying, God, I'm here. I got this moment before my kids walk in. I got this moment before that next meeting. I got this moment, my father, who's in heaven, my father. I want this to be relational, not transactional. Pause. I want to read this prayer as we close. You're going to see it on the screen. It's a, it's a verse from Psalm 131. I'm going to read this prayer. You're going to see it large on the screen in front of me. I thought it was written so well in the message version. I'm going to pray this prayer over you today, and I pray that you would agree with me. Maybe you want to read it with me as a prayer of agreement and believing that we, before we start, we pause as we grow in prayer. Psalm 131, verse 1 and 2. 
God, I'm not trying to rule the roost. I don't want to be king of the mountain. I have meddled where I have no business or fantasized grandiose plans. I've kept my feet on the ground and I've cultivated a quiet heart. Like a baby content in its mother's arms, my soul is a baby content. Lord, I pray right now for our church that we would cultivate quiet hearts. So many people are lost in corners of the internet looking for information. So many people are obsessed with opinions and posts. So many people are engulfed in sharing views of their days. So much of us are busy with goals and dreams and plans. There's so much fear and need and anxieties. God, today we commit to cultivate a quiet heart. God, we want to grow in prayer. We believe that you are the answer, that you have power. You are not, you are not powerless and, 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 and void. You are not uh, helpless. But God, you can turn the hearts of kings. You can change nations. You can reverse diagnoses and you can set us up for a win. So God, we are leaning in today and we pause and say, God, my Father, my Father, Lord Jesus, we need you today. Help us be in your presence and we cultivate a quiet heart. Father, I pray distractions would be removed. Teach us how to pause. Teach us how to be content. Teach us how to be in your presence. Father, as we pray, we say our Father who is in heaven. We love you, Jesus. And we pause today knowing you're gonna meet us there. God, would you meet us in this place, in this space, and would you do miracles in our lives? In the name of Jesus Christ, and everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Church, we're growing in prayer. Preparation is the greatest sign of hope. It's hope in action. We're gonna grow in prayer this week. Find your certain place. Eliminate distractions and pause and just be in the presence of God. He'll meet you there. I promise you, he'll meet you there. It's gonna be an amazing week. We love you so much. Don't forget to sign up for 21 days of prayer. Emails tomorrow, live stream tomorrow night. We'll see you online this week and we'll see you back here in this space next Sunday. We love you so much. Have an amazing week. God bless you.